Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Gromet, and my guest this week really doesn't need an introduction. His name is Randy Nolan. He's worked on some of the biggest movies ever, um, and he's a fantastic operator and a fantastic guy, and I had a lot of fun talking to him. I hope you enjoy listening. Oh, man, so I was looking at <clears throat> your IMDb. I was doing a little research, right? And... Looking down your IMDb, obviously, sometimes I talk to people and I'll just list some of the big stuff they've done. And I can't even do that because there's way too many. So I looked at one year. <laughs> this is the year the movies came out. I looked at 1990. And I saw, in this order, Pretty Woman, Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Fear, Air America, Postcards from the Edge, Bonfire of the Vanities, and Kindergarten Cop. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good one-year resume. I'm sure you didn't do them all in right, one year. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, also, you know, as as you well know, Steadicam operators sometimes are on the whole movie. Sometimes you come in for one shot. Sure. So, for example, I know Bonfire of the Vanities. Larry did that super famous shot. Right. Larry McConkey. Um, but you came in other days, or I did all the L.A. portions. Larry was New York. I was L.A. Got it. Okay. I haven't seen the movie in so long. I didn't even realize there was L.A. Yeah. stuff. Um, oh, cool. That's cool. So how long were you on that for? Oh, at least a couple of weeks. I mean, it was uh, there were some really big big scenes uh, with uh, Tom Hanks um, in his apartment mm. that were really uh, intricate, you know, great Steadicam shots. And, mm -hmm. and um, Vilmos Zygmunt, the director of photography, kind of gave me my first break a long, long time ago on um, The Rose in 1978. Holy cow. And um, I loved working for, for Vilmos. He was, you know, he was uh, who Vilmos is. He was the, one of the greatest. And it was just, uh, I don't know, I was able to, you know, to do shots that, that he liked and that he appreciated. And uh, we, uh, we communicated, I guess. Mm -hmm. I've never heard bad stuff about him. Well, he, he can be a little testy, and there's some good stories. Well, I heard a lot. I've heard a lot of good stories. Yeah. That's what that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I, everybody has their moments. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I know I do. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's pretty cool. I mean, Pretty Woman. How was Gary Marshall? How was that whole? Oh, Gary Gary was great. Gary was great. Uh, once again, I didn't do the whole movie. I came in for specific Steadicam shots. Um, I got I got to put together a. Uh, I you know the the a reel of the iconic shots that I've done through my, throughout my career, and uh, that was one of them. You know the street uh, scene in Beverly Hills where you know Julia Roberts is walking down the street to Pretty mm -hmm. Woman. I did that, and uh, you know it was a, a basic walk and talk, but it was a very nice shot, and it yeah. really you know it's it's a it's one of those those shots that everybody has seen. Yeah. In a in a famous iconic movie and yeah, that's really cool. <clears throat> that's really neat. Well, um, and then I I mentioned um, to a good friend of mine that I was that I was talking to you today, and I mentioned Postcards from the Edge, mm -hmm. and she she went bananas. Um, and I've never seen it. I've obviously heard of it. Carrie Fisher wrote right. it, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what was that just a day playing Steadicam thing, or were you on? Well, once again, uh, I would come in for the, you know, design Steadicam shots. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm trying to remember. 
I only did really a, two or three shots. There, there was one shot with, um, oh God, here we go. Old Steadicam operators can never remember names. <laughs> but um, the famous actress that did Postcards from the Edge. Come on. Um, is it Was it Meryl Streep? Yes, Meryl Streep. Okay. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meryl Streep's name. Well, I that didn't shows see that. shows you how many brain cells I'm losing. <laughs> well, I didn't see the movie, but I knew she was in it. Yeah. I just didn't know that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there was, a, there was a great shot with her. Um, in a, uh, a Mexican um, like uh, market, mm-hmm. and it was a long shot with a wipe and everything, and you know, and we brought her into a um, uh, a little room where there were some Mexican policemen, and they were like, you know, uh, uh, arresting her and throwing her around the room and beating her up, yeah. and then all of a sudden she, you know, she just stopped, and I, I wasn't even told this was going to happen. She just stopped and started looking right in the camera and walked right up to the to the lens, you know, and I'm just going, what is she doing? No, no, you know, the director didn't tell me. Nobody told me that she was going to do that. But, you know, you just, you, you go with it. Um, so anyway, that's that's the one of the shots I did on, on Bonfire. Is I mean, that, on um, postcards. Was that the, was that <clears throat> in the in the film when she did oh, that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. so I've never seen it, so I don't have context. But, yeah. um, wow, that's really, that's really <laughs> cool. So wait, you said 1978. The Rose? Yeah. Is that your first movie? That was the first Hollywood movie I ever worked on. And, you know, I'd been doing low-budget, you know, slasher movies and things like The Hearse and Mortuary and right. low-budget, right. which was great, actually. You know, those those were, you, you know, you. I wish I'd been able to, in some ways I feel like I became successful too soon, mm. you know. Started working on bigger projects and was was not, you know, brought up in the low budget world like a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. who uh, you know developed their careers, and uh, so anyway, the rose, uh, the, the story with the rose was you know this is 1978, and uh, there was a <clears throat> I can't remember whether it was Garrett because I I met Garrett about the same year Garrett Brown. Um, I don't remember if it was Garrett that recommended me for the for the job or whether it was another operator. It was an operator named Joel King, who was a, uh, a fairly well-known operator, one of the first Steadicam guys back then. Uh, he did a did a movie called uh, Stuntman, The Stuntman. I don't know if you ever remember that movie. I, I've seen that movie, yeah. But I get a call, uh, and uh, I worked on the uh, Wiltern Theater um, concert sequences. And, uh, you know, I showed up in... Michael Gershman was my assistant, and Michael Gershman was Bill Moshe's assistant for for years. And I worked for Michael when when he became an, a director of photography. He, he actually just passed away fairly recently, which mm. really really puts the uh, you know your your own uh, mortality when, when your friends start passing away. So anyway, yeah. So anyway, I. I Here's my my rose story. Okay, <laughs> I show up on the set and I'm, and it's a panaglide, and I you know I knew the equipment, I knew how to operate the equipment, but I'm nervous as hell, and I kept kept pestering Mike Gershman. Mike, you gotta you gotta load the camera so I can you know balance it. You gotta you gotta put a mag on it. Mm-hmm. And he was just leave me alone, leave me alone. <laughs> you know he was doing his job, I, and I was just always uh, you know the kid nagging him, but. Um, uh, the, what I remember was the moment that Bill Mosh came in and said, Randy, Randy, come on, we're going to go have a camera meeting. That's my impersonation of Bill Mosh. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go have a camera meeting. So we went up into the um, the balcony, 
And there was Haskell Wexler, Michael Margulies, Conrad Hall, Laszlo Kovacs, every, you know, iconic director of photography you can think of. They were all Vimosh's, you know, ASC buddies who came in to operate cameras for him. Oh, my so God. So he was introducing me to all these, you know, idols of mine. Wow. And uh, I was I was just blown away. So I was, always remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed you, you worked with Conrad Hall. Yeah, I did, a, once again, a couple of uh, movies with Conrad. Uh, not the whole movie. would come in for the, you know, I was, this, I was the Steadicam, you know, uh, go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they would call me up for their specific shots. Uh, you were you were like the L.A. guy, were you not? I was one there? of them. I was one of them. There was probably four or five guys, you know, in, back in the early, early 80s. Who else? Oh, God, well, let's see. Um, Joe Valentine was another operator. I don't know if you ever knew Joe. No, Joe but I've Val- heard his name. Is he yeah. still around? No, he retired. Mm. Joe Valentine, um, Joel King was one of the, the guys, but he... Uh, he was kind of a wild man. He sort of, <laughs> he sort of self-destructed his career, which mm. was too bad. Uh, God, who else back then? You know, this was this was just before. You know, I kind of kind of consider myself like the first wave, and then the second wave was like you know McConkey and mm-hmm. well, of course there was you know Ted Churchill, but he was he was East Coast or West Coast. He was flying all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And you you mentioned Panaglide before. Yeah. Um, what was that like? Because that was a torture device. <laughs> <laughs> In what way? Uh, well, um, it was Panavision's um, attempt, you know, because Garrett took the Steadicam to Panavision to begin with, uh, you know, to try and, and because they were the, you know, the premier motion picture camera company. Then they tried to basically get around his patents by developing their own system, which they called the Panaglide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was um, designed after the Steadicam, although the um, the gimbal was fixed on the post. It did not move. They tried to find your center of gravity by uh, uh, the battery um, compartment, which was the electronics compartment, uh, telescoping. And that's, that's how you were supposed to, you know, balance the camera with different when you change lenses with whatever you you know whatever you were oh my god altering. it was it was a nightmare uh and the so you're uh, constantly drop balance you're I mean, constantly moving the post up and down trying to find you know your right drop time th- that's what i'm saying yeah. like yeah i mean just with a gimbal it's so much easier you can give a little and you know you're still in this thing you know what i mean yeah but anyway sorry yeah. go on go on uh just makes such a bigger difference down at the bottom than yeah in the, than and, in the middle the, and the the battery, uh, there was a, a, a basically a, um, a plastic housing, electronics housing, like circular tubular yeah, kind of thing, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> and the battery was was shoved in the rear of that and had a little door that flapped down with a little Velcro tab that you would close the door. So, and that Velcro would get worn after so many you know uh, shows. You you do a tilt and the battery would fall out the bottom of the oh of the my. sled. Oh my. <laughs> Wow, because it just like sat in there. Yeah, well, you know, it would. Yeah, it was. It was, it was on like a, a track. And then... It was on a track, and we just plug. You would just click. You know, it didn't have a click. It didn't have a. It didn't um, have a a definite locking. Oh boy! <laughs> so it would fall out. But the 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 main uh, thing about the the Panaglide that was the the, the worst was the uh, the vest. 
the uh, the arm oh and the arm the arm was a uh, a gas filled piston and so that there was um, in order to boom down or, or boom up you actually had to physically push down and then pull up you mm-hmm. physically had to you know do the to force it right it had one point that you know it would ride at with the weight but it was it was just a terrible design wow and the vest the vest was great i was doing a, a demo at panavision um, with uh, uh, robert godshock and uh, some producers and um the arm mounted to the vest uh it was a block that had pins that would extend uh into the the block that that was mounted to the arm that that would hold the arm onto the vest and there was a big basically handle that was the release well the handle was directly in front of you at your you know in in front of your um your sternum hmm. so okay. guess what happens you bump it you bump it right and the arm falls off <laughs> which happened to me was showing them. I was doing a demo in my front God. of all these producers. Oh my God! And I do. I, I'm doing a move from one side of my body to the other side, and you know, and it, it, you hit it. Like the mag hits it or something. Yeah, something hit. You know, I can't remember whether it was my arm or whatever. Yeah, hits, hits it, which releases the arm. I caught the rig, but of course, the arm hits the ground. So you know, one of those those wonderful moments that you'll never forget. Well, at least you can be like, well, it's a rental. <laughs> <laughs> at least it wasn't your gear. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it was, but, you know, the thing about the Panaglide is uh, that was, if you were on a Panavision show and you wanted to use a Panavision camera and Panavision lenses, that for the longest time, that's what you had to use. They wouldn't allow you to use another rig? Well, you, you could, you could use a gold or a Flying X on a Steadicam. Um, I remember, I still have these plates. They they should go in the, um, the Steadicam Museum. Ted Churchill had... Just a couple of sets of Panavision dovetail plates for the Steadicam made, and I still have a set. Mm. And uh, they were like gold. Everybody was trying to steal them from me. I swear to God. Uh, but you still had to, you know, the Steadicam was a 12 volt system. Well, the Panaflex cameras were 24 volts, so you always had to trail a, uh, you know, a long battery cable and and have a grip with a battery belt. That's oh, that's right. what you had to do. So it was what's worse, that or the Panaglide, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. What was worse? The Panaglide. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been around with the cable thing a couple of times, you know, through the years. Yeah. <clears throat> Either something goes wrong, a cable goes bad or whatever, and yeah, I have to do that. And it stinks, but it's not. It's doable. I mean, I've done, yeah, I've it's done, doable. Whole, I've done whole movies that way. And, I mean, you know, you just work it out whole movies wow with the with the cable the whole time why because yeah. you wanted to do a Panavision movie with your what a 3A or well no this okay this was um, once again very early in my career um, Garrett Brown recommended me to um, John Houston's uh, production manager Tommy Shaw I'll never forget Tommy he was a great guy oh, he's an old bulldog I mean, he was the production manager on movies like, you know, In Cold Blood and Wow and uh, Night of the Iguana. Um, and so this was probably, what, 83? It was a movie called Under the, <clears throat> Under the Volcano, down in Mexico. It was a, uh, Amer- uh, a German-Mexican uh, co-production, really. And um, 
Hmm. Anyway, I went down there uh, with the Panaglide to do a couple of shots. And uh, after the first, I did a, you know, a shot in a, once again in a Mexican market with uh, Albert Finney. And uh, that was the first shot I did. And I walked into dailies and uh, I wound up staying for the whole movie because uh, John Houston was very happy with what I did. So he kept me for the whole movie. So first week, and I, this was a Panaglide, Mm-hmm. First week, um, we'd set up once again in a Mexican market, and the the, the Panaglide uh, docking stand was a Gitzo tripod, three legged tripod oh, that, that had a that had a plate carved out with the the dock uh, for the gimbal, so you would actually just slide it in into that preformed gimbal dock. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, my my assistant uh, was Mexican, didn't speak. In English, I didn't speak any Spanish, but we got along pretty good. We communicated pretty well. You know, it's just one of those things. It's, you know, it's it's your job. It's film. You know, and and everybody kind of knows what's going. on. You know on. the direction you're headed and yeah, what's going to yeah, need to happen. Yeah, great. I mean, he was oh, cool. great. But anyway, I went to get a cup of coffee after I set up the Panaglide that morning, and the next thing I know, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I think it was Pedro. Um, came up to me with pieces of Panaglide in his in his hands. And saying, "Senor, Senor, it's muy problemo." I went, "Holy shit!" <laughs> some little Mexican kid. You know, it's a fiesta. It's a you know, it's a big market scene. Some some little kids, and we had a whole you know equipment area all roped off. They come running through, knock the panaglide over, smash it, smash it. Oh. And I'm going, "Okay, here's here's my big chance to work with John Houston." And you know, the camera is smashed, and I'm not going to be able to. You know, they're going to send me home. Yeah. Um, Luckily, at that time, I, I actually had, uh, um, I was in a partnership with uh, another guy, and we owned um, a Steadicam um, 2. It was actually mm. a 1 that we converted to a 2. Oh, okay. So I got on the phone to, to call my my, uh, my partner, Harry, and I just said, send it down, man. Just send it down. Get it down here. And um, got Panavision to send me a, uh, a, it was a lightweight, it was a lightweight Panaflex, so I had the body, I had the plates that uh, Ted had had made up, Ted Churchill had made up. So Jeez. I was able to put the Panaflex on the Steadicam and, um, you know, cable 24 volt to, to a battery belt. It was cabled through the whole movie. And um, I wound up doing probably 60% of that movie. Wow. On Steadicam. You didn't wear the belt, did you? No. Grip carried it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Well. It's interesting because I didn't even know about that. I, d- I don't know if that's on your IMDb or not. No, it's there. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't recognize the name of the movie then because yeah. I, I saw your John, what I thought was your John Houston movie, Prizzy's Honor. That's <clears throat> the one that um, John got me in the uh, the local in. Really? I, I wasn't in the local at that time. Really? Yeah. This was 83. I got in the local in 85. So this is so this is just after that movie in Mexico. Yeah, I you know I, I got along really well with John. I mean he uh, he liked my work. Obviously, yeah. Um, and uh, he uh, he wanted me to work on Pritzi's Honor, and I wasn't in the union. And this is a big movie. This is a big you know, Jack Jack Nicholson, you know um, Kathleen Turner, right? On and on and on. And uh, this was before the union uh, had opened up it was still the seniority system so you know yeah. originally it was you had to work um, I can't remember it was 90 days on a union 
production in order to get in the union, but in order mm-hmm. to get in the union, you had to be on the roster. So it was a in, in order. So it was a catch twenty <clears> two. <throat> yeah, there was no way to get on the roster until you worked on a union movie. Right, but you couldn't work on a union. You movie basically had to be on a movie that flipped or have somebody get you in. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they've made it way easy now. Yeah. But and uh, that's how I got in. John Houston and John Foreman, the producer, basically just uh, said he's working on our movie. Wow. We should let him in. Wow. And uh, I, you know, I was like. I can't believe this is happening, but it, it did. It got me in. That's uh, that's unbelievable. Um, John Huston, legend. That's really cool. Well, you've done a couple of other legendary movies. I mean, Princey's Honors is a pretty well known one, but um, well, I did I did uh, I wasn't even in the union actually. The, the first part of Princey's Honor was in New York, and this was before I got in. Mm. So they flew me to New York to work, mm. which is like. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, New York, that's a union town, man. Especially at that time. Especially at that time. Yeah. But, uh, the, you know, the there was just such a respect for John that they sort of looked the other way. Mm. They sort of looked the other way. And, uh, you know, I worked in New York. Did they treat you all right? Yeah. Because yeah. you were John's guy. Well, it's kind of, I guess that was the, uh, you know, the reality of the situation. Right. <clears throat> well, if you get the blessing from the right person in any situation, yeah. you know, you come out okay, I think. Yeah. I mean, or at least you go in okay. Right. But I was able to count those days in New York, and then I went back to Los Angeles and finished up my days there. Got it. Home. Did he know you were trying to get in? or did Oh, yeah. He? So oh, yeah. he was trying to get you in. That was well, part I of was, his... Well, I was, you know, doing all the things that uh, I thought I should do to, you know, to help promote myself and... and you know, I asked John to write me a letter of recommendation, mm. which I have, and I'm going to, you know, be buried with it. <laughs> That's so cool. Was it, what, I mean, you just asked him and he said, no problem? Oh, or? yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I still got a copy of that. I got a copy from of, uh, Tommy Shaw, the, the production manager, who really was the one that uh, took the chance yeah. uh, on uh, to hire me on Garrett Brown's recommendation because, you know, John didn't know who I was or would who I was going to be whatever oh so the Mexican movie was Garrett's recommendation yeah oh I see okay yeah oh <clears throat> somebody probably told him about Garrett or had he worked with Garrett well Garrett Brown was you know this was you know uh, like I said 80 83 you know so Garrett had done you know Marathon Man and sure. Rocky you know sure. so, so Steadicam was becoming you know a tool that the industry uh, wanted to use why well, just didn't did he work with John Houston though uh, Garrett know. did work with John. As a matter of oh, fact, okay. yeah, yeah, no, Garrett worked with John, and actually, I came to the set to visit to visit uh, Garrett uh, at Warner Brothers. It was um, Annie. John directed a version of Annie the musical. Really? Yeah, and Garrett worked on that. That's the one that came out in the early '80s. The the kind of the classic one, the one everybody knows, right? Well, uh, Albert Finney was Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, that's that's really neat. I had no idea. Huh. Oh, so so he wasn't available, maybe, and he just recommended you. Yeah. Or didn't want to go to Mexico. Probably. Or didn't to, right, something. Plus, you know, I mean, Garrett Brown, I mean, what what a guy. I mean, I, I, all of us in the industry, you know, owe our careers in one way or another to Garrett. And, and he, sure. And he's just, you know, and everybody knows what a great guy he is. Yeah. He's just a great guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's there's... No ego. There's, I mean, and, and, you know, he wanted people to succeed. Mm-hmm. He wanted you to succeed. Yeah. And he helped you succeed. Yeah. 
that's a that's a rare trait in yeah. a human being. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And and in turn, it helped him too. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, we I, I helped Garrett teach the very first um, Steadicam workshop in Maine, 1980. I think I saw a picture. Yeah, I've, I've put them out there. I have a bunch of them. I, I did a few of them, but uh, oh. I, I have a picture of the you know the first class. You know, Ted Churchill was in it. Marco Kane was there. You know, there was some uh, Kyle Rudolph, who's a who's a great operator. Actually, he's a DP now. Um, let's see, where was I going with this? No, just about <laughs> Garrett. Just about Garrett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you know, just uh, th- th- those were the great times. Yeah, just yeah, great times. So wait, Ted Churchill was in the class. Yeah, and you were helping teach it. Yeah, I was helping teach it. I mean, I did you learn before Ted? He, uh, well, you know, I guess I did. Um, all right, you want my story from the beginning? Well, I asked you before when you started, and we we got into talking about other things, which yeah. is totally fine. But but I would like to know when your first job was. Okay, um, I went to film school at a, at a state university, Sonoma State. Okay, you're from California. Uh, originally from Texas, I came to oh. I came to California to go to college. Got it. <clears throat> but um, you know, I I was, you know, I grew up in the in the in the movie theater. You know, as a kid, I'm from mm-hmm. a little town in Texas. I mean, what what else you have to do is go to the movies. So I, right. I grew up in the movies. Cool. And uh, you know, I didn't know that that was where my my career was going to lead me to. But anyway, it came time to go to college. I, I got into a a film program, at Sonoma State. And, uh, you know, all the film instructors said, hey, you know, hey, kid, it's uh, great you're interested in film as an art, but we'll never make a living at it. Mm-hmm. You know, become a carpenter, become a plumber, you know, be realistic. And, Have you spoken to any of these people since? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did. I did. Uh, but anyway. Well, wait, I mean, I look at like, if you talk to one of them now, you look at your IMDb, your IMDb says 172 credits, and I know it's not up to date at all. I know it's not as many as it should be because <laughs> there's stuff I know you worked on that's not on. Yeah. There. Yeah. Well, we're all, you know, I mean, there's, there's Which movies, is, movies out there that, uh, you know, I, I did, uh, there's one, well, we're getting off on tangents. Sorry, so go me, ahead. So, so finish. they told you, you won't make it. Kid. You'll you never make do a it. kid. And, uh, while I was in college, I was also working in a television uh, studio as a technical director and. I figured, well, that's going to be my career. You know, if I can't work in on movies, if that's impossible, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, into uh, broadcasting. So um, I uh, got into San Diego State. Was going to go to San Diego State in their master's program in television. Mm. And I figured, well, you know, I'm gonna take a year off. A master's in television. That's kind yeah. of anyway. But go on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that was the next step. I mean, you know, you just you, you head for the get, light at yeah, the end of the I tunnel. Get I get it. Yeah, and. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, where was I? Uh, so yeah, kids, you're never going to make it. <laughs> so I believed them, and uh, anyway, I got a job in a uh, equipment rental house in San Francisco in '75 to make some money to go to start, you know, my master's program the next year. Got it. And they bought a Steadicam, and I was in the rental department, and they said, uh, "Here, learn how to use this so we can rent it," because <laughs> nobody knew what the hell to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, I really lucked out. I I had access and to uh, a Steadicam package in uh, 1975. 1975. Holy! They gave me, you know, a 16 millimeter uh, stock and cameras to go shoot, you know, um, demo films. So, you know, we could uh, show people, show clients, show what clients it did. what it can do. Right. 
So I, I had. So you my got own, good at it. I taught myself. I taught myself, and uh, I was I was good at it. And one of the uh, people I worked with uh, was Phil Radin from Panavision. I don't know if you know Phil. Phil's passed away. He was mm. he was uh, one of the vice presidents of Panavision. He had a career in Panavision, and, and Phil uh, came to Los Angeles about the same time, just a little bit before I did, and he he got a job in Panavision. Phil was the Panaglide tech. Ah. So, and, um, okay, I'm in Los Angeles, starving. I'm working on low-budget, you know, movies as a, as a second assistant loader. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out, how can I get in the union? i got to get in the union. So I got myself a job at in the mailroom at Warner Brothers Studios mm. because they had a program where you could train in the loading room before work and after work because they had loading rooms on, on the studio lot. Uh, and what would happen is if they, they became very, very busy, they would pull people from the mailroom who had experience loading. That they had taught how that, to load. That they had taught how to load, and that was your ticket in. That was one way to get in. So uh, I, was, I was trying that route. And uh, anyway, I'm riding my little messenger bike around on the lot at, at the Warner Brothers, and I see Phil Radin, who I'm... You know, had worked with it uh, in San Francisco. Meanwhile, you're already a steady cam operator. Yeah, I'd already been doing this for three years. Right, <laughs> and you're working in the mailroom at, mail at Warner Brothers, trying to get your union, trying card. to get my union card. Because I, you know, this, I didn't think. No, it was, I understand. I got it. I mean, there was no, there was. I mean, I had steady cam cards printed up, Randy Nolan, steady cam operator. That I, you know, it's almost double li- double life. Yeah. Well, I knew I knew where I was going. But once you got your card, you could be an operator then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, you just needed to as get as a, as a, I understand, but what? even if you get in through the loading no, room? No, no. If you get in through the loading room, you're a loader. But you, you wouldn't have to pay more? You'd have to get in as a second? You'd have to work your way up from second to first oh. to operator. You'd still have to work through the, you know, the, the system. Uh, the system. The apprentice. Right. So anyway, I see uh, Phil uh, over by stage three or whatever, and he knows I already know how to do Steadicam because uh, we'd work together and he says hey ready we're having a demonstration here over on stage three with Steadicam and Panaglide so I come on over so I got off my bike I got in line with the other operators and nobody knew what they were doing they were fumbling stumbling around the stage and I put the rig on and started running around the stage and, and everybody's like oh and I, a, I had a little tap on the shoulder and I turned around he says hi my name's Garrett Brown you're an operator get out of here <laughs> and I said no I work in the mail room Get out of here. True story. Right place, the right time. That's yeah. the first time you ever it's met Garrett? the first Garrett? time I met Garrett. Oh, my. <laughs> first time I met Garrett. And he sees somebody doing what he yeah. hadn't even done yet, really. No, no. He he was, he knew. He was working, but but he hadn't even done well, he, a movie he, or anything. He invented the damn thing. Well, I, mean, I get that. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't mean it that way. Yeah. I, I mean, but you're, what you he know. did is he, he recognized. He thinks you're a movie guy because you're he a He thinks Brothers. I'm an operator. That's my point. And he's thinking, oh, boy, here's an operator that knows what he's doing. Right. <laughs> so that's how I met Garrett. Oh. He, he took me under his wing at that point and became my mentor and and on and on and on. Because so he could see that you were three years ahead of everybody yeah. else anyway. So, yeah. right. Yeah. And he did want to promote it. He wanted it to he oh, yeah. wanted it to grow. And Yeah, he, he promoted me. That's so cool, man. Wow, that's really neat. I didn't I didn't know that there was anybody doing it before not before Garrett again before Garrett's movies came out I've never met anybody I didn't well, know think about it I mean the first movie that it was that it was used on was Bound for Glory that was 75 so Garrett was already 
making you know feature films. No, no, no I get it. Oh. I, I'm I'm saying I'm saying three years before that you were doing Steadicam, to some extent, at the rental house, right? Well, seventy five. Yeah. That's oh, you started seventy five. I got I got my I dates mixed yeah, up. No, Sorry I started about that. in seventy five. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. just you're one of the first. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you're 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 definitely one of the first. Yeah, that's so cool, man. And then to go on and have the career you've had is hard to imagine. So there are a couple there are a couple of movies that I wanted to ask you about because I'm just a big fan of. Okay. And the first one, and and by the way, if it's not Steadicam related, it doesn't matter. We can still talk about it. Okay. So, um, uh, Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Which is like obviously a classic movie. Right. National Lampoon's Vacation is one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, Christmas Vacation I think has to be my favorite Christmas movie. I know, ever. me too. We watch it's it every year. Brilliant. We watch it every year. Um, once again, I did. I didn't do that much work on it. I worked in the um, you know the house um, sequence with the Christmas tree and the squirrel and the dinner. Oh my god! You know, and, and the, the family. It was all inside the house when the family arrives. When the turkey fizzles out. Yeah, when the turkey fizzles out, that whole thing. And, uh, you know, at at the end of the movie where there was, um, you know, the SWAT team raid. I did some work there. I didn't do a lot of work. But, you know, I I love that movie, so I claim it. Because I should claim it. Because I did work on it. Just just Steadicam? Just Steadicam. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's so cool. And how did you find all those people? I mean, you know, the the stories about, I don't know Chevy Chase. I've never worked with him. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of stories about Chevy Chase. I have to assume some of them are true. I don't know what was going on then. Did did you enjoy your? Yeah, he was cool. I got on fine with everybody. Oh, good. I had no no issues at all. Uh, Chevy was great. Good. Okay. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you're working on such a good project it would be a bummer to hear like, oh, it was such a nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many times you hear, oh, it was really fun. The movie wasn't very good, but we had a great time. <laughs> I mean, I've said that a lot of times. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, well, that sucked. That was two months or whatever of hell. But it turned out really well. But mm-hmm. ugh. And I'm, <clears throat> I've been around long enough now that I'm like, I'd rather be happy at work than you know oh yeah i know try to win an award or something but that's all that would be great but you know um let's see oh another one defending your life oh that was a fantastic experience. albert brooks that was a fantastic experience i love that movie yeah just steady cam just steady cam okay a lot of days yeah quite a, quite a few days on that one um you know there was um sequences again with merrill and, and albert uh walking around the you know, this ethereal garden with fountains at night and stuff at the airport, you know, because the, the whole thing was everybody, you know, got on the, the tram to take them to heaven and all that stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, that was, um, oh, God, here I go with the names again, my mind. Uh, the director of photography. Oh. Mm. Did, he did E.T. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, who was that? Oh, well. Yeah. I can't. Well, you'll think about it. And you'll think of it in a minute. Oh, I can't but. believe it. I, I mean, I, I did a few movies with him. And he, was, he was one of the greats. Oops. Sorry about and that. I can't remember his name. It's terrible. Anyway. You'll think of it in a minute. Don't don't cut this part out, please. The fact that I'm... The, well, I don't really cut my... I don't cut almost anything out. So, but but we can talk about that. Yeah. It's not embarrassing. I forget stuff all the time. It's no big deal. And this yeah. was also quite, quite a few years ago. But... 
Um, Alan Davio. Alan, see, I knew you. I knew you'd think of it. Yeah, who was a fantastic man. Yeah, it still is. Still, still around. Is. He's still, still shooting. Around. No, he's retired. Oh, he's cool. Retired. Good. It's good to have a nice retirement. I'm sure. Yeah. You work well. So many guys die. Die yeah. like they retire and they I'll die never, a minute later. I'll never retire. They'll bury me in the vest. <laughs> I swear to God. Is that a request? <laughs> Actually, you know, wouldn't be a bad idea. Be pretty cool. I mean, I've spent so much time in it. Why not spend the rest of eternity in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, nobody wants it anyway with all the sweat marks, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I keep those. You know, I keep those those dirty, stinky vests. You know, I like I like to show that I've you know put the sweat and blood and tears into it. You, you realize it's like putting in a hard day's work. Yeah, you yeah. earn that sweat. You earn that pain. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. though it sucks at the time, yeah. or it can suck. But um, let's see. Uh oh, one I loved, very bad things. Did you just do Steadicam? I just did Steadicam on that, and I did very bad Steadicam on that one. What do you mean? It just didn't. It was one of those shots that didn't work, and uh, oh. I was not proud of it, and they weren't very happy with it as either. So oh, let's let's call. I always when anybody brings that up, I always call it very bad Steadicam. <laughs> <laughs> well, there wasn't like a lot of Steadicam in it anyway. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just love the movie. I, yeah, I remember that seeing that movie. movie sitting in the sitting in the theater with a bunch of my friends. Yeah. I was I would have been in college, so probably in the summer or something. I'm seeing a movie with some friends from 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 home. Yeah, <clears throat> and two of us are laughing hysterically, and like the other five are like, "What is this? Why are you laughing?" <laughs> like we just got the joke, you know? Yeah. It's it's yeah. just dark humor. Yeah, and we and it was one of those. It was one of the first that were, excuse me, outwardly dark and obvious. Because mm -hmm. there's some dark humor that's kind of hidden a little bit, and yeah. this was not hidden <laughs> at yeah. all. Anyway, um, let's see. Oh, so there are a couple of there are a couple of big shots you've done that I watched today. Um, well, you did Hoosiers. Yeah. Again, super crazy, famous movie. Won a ton of awards, did it not? I think it got some recognition. I don't remember any specific awards. I know it didn't, oh, okay. it didn't get an Academy or anything. Oh, like it didn't. That. No, oh. I, don't think I figured so, but, Gene Hackman would have gotten. Yeah, but it was maybe a, it was a great movie to work on. Once again, you know, I I miss those those intermediate budget scripted you know movies with us with a real story. Um, you know, that's that's where I you know loved working in in, in most of my career. Uh, but anyway, that was again very early on in my career, um, and uh, you know I did a lot of work. I did all the basketball court work, running up and down this you know the basketball court with with a, a BL four for the dialogue sequences. Actually, it wasn't a BL four. This was even earlier than that. It was a probably a BL three, and uh, then we did uh, some some of the high speed you know slow mo stuff was with uh, Airy threes. Mm. And uh, you know, uh, well, there's there's a good shot uh, where you bring him out onto the court. Yeah, he comes up some steps, and then yeah. he takes like a moment right. to compose himself, and then he comes out and it erupts. Yeah, it's such a cool shot. It's well, very it's a pretty simple shot. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Right. <laughs> I just watched that shot, and what that was done on a three A probably. Uh, there's a BL because it was dialogue. Yeah, but a three A. Oh, a three A. Uh, not an airy. Not an airy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was a three A. Yeah, okay. Or a three. 
I don't think the three A was out. Three, okay, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the other part of you know the whole development of Steadicam. I mean, uh, up till the three A, there was no such thing as dynamic balance, and even with the three A, it was hard to. Right. I mean, it was a post with a you know it was a post with a gimbal and two weights on either end, and that was you know all you had to do was try and keep it level. Well, I'm glad you said level because I watched a shot, and I only watched it once. I should have watched it again, but as he was coming through and you see the crowd behind him mm -hmm. erupting and clapping and it's it's that fast sideways or pretty quick anyway sideways tracking mm -hmm. which is always the hardest for horizon and yeah. i just noticed that your horizon i thought you were on a dolly and i don't know how it ended um but i was impressed because even with the best shots that were done with threes and three a's i mean we all know the famous ones and stuff there are moments in almost every one of them that are a little off or whatever and part of that gives the shot character to be honest i yeah, think yeah but but for and most people don't would never notice anyway it's super minor i notice only only we <laughs> notice um and it doesn't affect how good the shot is really it's just a technical thing but mm -hmm. but i did notice like when you were coming across that gym i would and there were there were uh, yeah, horizontals there too oh yeah the, the stands with all the people and the rows of people yeah and i was like Damn, I was impressed. I was really impressed. And you're doing it with inferior gear. You're, you know, well, I've talked about this with other guys before. The gear when everybody was starting was crap. Not the. Th I'm not saying the three or three A was crap. I'm just saying it was so much better now. That's all. Well, let's just say we all lived by Ted Churchill's, uh, um, you know, dictum. Uh, the Steadicam backup is two of everything. Mm -hmm. So we had two sleds, two fob. We had two of everything. That's how great they worked. Well, you know, there, were, there were times that oh, I mean, in the middle of a shot, your monitor goes out on you. I mean, that that, that happened how many times? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hang on. Let's. I need another beer. Let's let's okay. have a little beer break and then we'll continue on. Okay. Okay. There we go. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I'm we're back. So, I'm so new at this. I had to. Yeah, we're back from having a beer, but I had to. I had to learn new software. I had to learn how to use all this equipment, which this stuff's pretty, pretty standard. But um, this stuff, this uh, this computer software, I had no clue what I was doing. And since you're my first one here, um, you're my guinea pig. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so, oh, so another shot I watched of you today, uh, of you, uh, a shot that you did was... A shot in two days in the valley. Yeah, when you're clearly soft mounted to something, I'm, it would appear I'm standing on the um, um, basically a small platform on the side of a camera car at, that's driving that, that's next driving, to the other car. It's driving at at uh, where the platform is literally you know maybe six inches off of street level. Uh -huh. So it's it's down at street level. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> And uh, low mode. I was going to ask you that. So it was low mode. Low mode. So seven. then at the end, you're like high low mode. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, low mode, uh, 75 millimeter anamorphic. Um, and basically, it, you know, who made that shot successful was the camera car driver mm -hmm. who was so good at timing and knew exactly how, how to assist the operator in getting the frame he needed because you know it could have been a friggin' disaster if I didn't have the right camera operator. I mean, camera car driver, driver yeah, 
uh, I would not have been able to do that and, shot. And the other actor that's driving right next to you too. Yeah, that was. Um, it could have. He could have made it, it a was, nightmare. It was James Spader. Oh, oh, was it Spader? Yeah, it was Spader. The first one was Spader, and the guy. That's that, right. Yeah, and then the guy. Was, did you ever see the movie? No. It's a great little movie. I mean, talk about the types of movies I I want to work on. Something with a story, with a script. You got to see this movie. It's okay, just great. Cool. James Spader, uh, uh, Jeff Daniels was mm-hmm. the uh, the other actor. Um, Charlize Theron was was mm. uh, was one of her before she became a big megastar. Wow. And there was a uh, another. And you got to see the movie just for this scene. There was a scene where Charlize Theron and Terry Hatcher have a cat fight. Oh boy, <laughs> and it is amazing. And I, I steady cam that whole thing. <laughs> That's funny, but it's really a good movie. Yeah, well, that shot. I mean, it's so seamless because I guess before he really came to a stop, you stepped off. Yeah, no, basically right the, the, as he the was camera the, as just rolling into the camera right. car never stopped. Uh, it rolled. Until you were it, off, it feathered basically. It was still so, rolling, so that that's such great driving. So that my step off was blended in. So you could step off at one mile an hour, or yeah. two miles an yeah, hour, whatever. Exactly, it was. and they timed it perfectly. And we did it quite a few times. As a matter of fact, we had to come back and reshoot it um, because uh, the lighting wasn't right inside the car. Mm. Uh, it was too underexposed inside the car, so you couldn't mm. really see James Spader. And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so we came back and reshot it. Wow. And you, did you feel like it was better the second time, or? Um, not really. No, both. You felt fine with. I it. felt fine with the first one. The first, the first uh, sequence or set of takes that we did the you know the previous uh, previous time was was, was fine. Was, you didn't. Uh, so you didn't. You didn't. No, feel... I don't think we really improved anything as far as far as my end. Um, all the time, you know, it just flowed. It was it was just perfect timing. Cool. And and who devised that shot? Um, was the, it the director? The director and uh, Oliver Wood, the uh, director of photography. Oh, Oliver Wood shot that. Okay. Yeah. Who yeah. who was the director? Um, John Hirschfeld, I believe. Is his mm, okay. Yeah. All right, that's interesting. He, yeah, he even called me personally and, and thanked me for that shot. With the next day or later. Just sometime later. Yeah, when sometime he was, later. When, maybe when he was editing or something. Yeah, yeah. He called me and thanked me for that shot. That's nice. It was nice. That's so rare. Yeah. It's so, so rare to get like that. Even when you know they loved you, even if it's somebody that's your friend, to have that to have that very specific yeah. personal thing. Yeah. That's nice. Because on the next one, you're the... <laughs> You know, you're the goat. Sometimes you're the hero. Sometimes you're the goat. Right, right. At least you can take that phone call to your grave. Yeah, because you know it's, the saying in <laughs> this industry. The saying in this industry is true, and and, and even more um, applied to Steadicam. You're only as good as your last shot. Doesn't matter what the hell you've done before, or what movies you've done, what shots you've done. You screw up once, that's what they remember you for. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean. So you're saying you've never been fired? No. <laughs> I've got some good fired stories. B- please. Okay. Um, casino. Really? Because uh, Casino is one of the shots I'm going to ask you okay, about. Okay. I was, uh, and that shot that you're talking about was the very first shot of the of the production, and uh, Scorsese was very happy. Uh, Bob Richardson was happy. Um, 
and uh, you know they basically you know they shot in Vegas and uh, you know they would fly me in they would call me up you know Randy can you be here now and anyway I was flying back and forth oh, there was like really they were short term in you huh like, yeah, I was, I mean, yeah I'd come in for no I'd, but they were calling you like day of kind of thing yeah day of they'd call me to, to fly in wow and anyway I'd been there five or six times mm-hmm. and you know everybody loved my work so far <laughs> then uh, my camera assistant who I had been bringing with me uh, bailed on me and I, you know I got the call can you can you come here? Can you fly in now tonight? We need you tonight. And I was on a TV show, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Mm-hmm. And my normal camera assistant, because they always want me to bring a camera assistant, which doesn't happen much these days. Um, he bailed on me and was not available. And he was a good good assistant. What do you mean by he bailed on you? He just he wasn't just, available that he, night. No, he just he didn't took want to another go job. Night. Yeah, he took another job. Uh, and I needed him. You know, uh-huh. I needed him. But, so I had to bring somebody. And the guy I was working with on Dr. Quinn, you know, 16 millimeter, you know, television show. He's doing I think, okay. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> I think we're doing okay. So we get there and it was the, it was the typical um, good fellow shot in a restaurant where, you know, we, we, we come out of a, a small room and, you know, we're on a, on a, a bag that's the payoff uh, money to the, to the cops and they hand to the cops and we pull back. And we, you know, the, you know, the mobster does a uh, pass by the camera and we come around behind him and we go into the restaurant and we're supposed to, you know, hand off to, to, Ray, uh, to Joe Pesci as he comes in. And then, you know, then it continues, continues, continues. And it's a 27 millimeters, um, you know, um, I think it was 2.3. It's a Pan, it was a Panavision lens. It wasn't a speed, it was a 2.3. Um, a two three. Yeah, that was that was his, that was that was full open aperture. Was a two three. And it was a, oh, just a two three speed. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, the uh, aperture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was twenty seven millimeter two <clears throat> two three. Was that a Primo or something? Yeah, some yeah. That twenty sevens Primo is pretty popular lens. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good Steadicam lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a wide lens. And, and it's big. And, and and the way the way that Bob it's the big one, right? Not not too big. Not not really that big. Mm, okay. But anyway, the way Bob yeah, Richardson, the way Bob Richardson lights is he lights in overhead pools of light. Yeah. You know, so you have dark and you have lit. Now, where do you what do you focus on? You know, are you are you going to focus on the background? Are you going to you know, are you focus on the uh, the subject that's uh, that's underlit and you know you know on camera? Where do you where do you focus? Mm-hmm. So it was a little complicated. And my assistant at the time asked Bob, who do you want me to be on? And he just said, follow the actor, which my assistant did, which was the back of the head of the actor we were following. So when Pesci arrives, you know, we're... He never goes to him. He didn't go to him. He was late going to him. Okay. He was late going to him. And, you know, I'm the operator. I'm supposed to see this stuff. But you know what? (laughs) They've got big monitors, too. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, uh, you know, we did 12, 12 takes and he missed him every time. <clears throat> so, but in the movie, what does... Uh, uh, I mean, did they, did you guys know he missed him every time? No. They found out in dailies. Yeah. Oof. Uh, we get, uh, you get the call, come to dailies. We have a problem. So anyway, we went to dailies and of course, we missed him. I think there was one or two where he got him. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, or it was close enough to you was, kind of thing. Yeah, but the, this is the thing. You know, it's a long shot. You know, mm-hmm. it continues. You know, it's it's a one-take shot. So, uh, you know, all right, it's my fault because I brought him. Mm-hmm. It's my fault I didn't see, you know. You're the operator. You're supposed to see this stuff. I didn't see it. Um, so, you know, after after being there literally six times and, uh, you know, everybody's happy with your work that one time, was enough to they fired me and him mm-hmm. and every you know and every shot I did is in that movie and I didn't get any credit oh they didn't even give you credit no 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 <clears throat> credit no credit and what they did was you know the the they took the best part of each of those shots that we did mm-hmm. and they did a um, you know a dissolve fade mm-hmm which was stylistically something Scorsese does. He figured anyway. out a way to do he it. He figured yeah. out a way to do it. And Probably to music. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, to. I don't uh, remember the very specific scene. Yeah, I've obviously yeah. seen the it's, movie. It but. was to a, a narration in the background, narration about you know who he's going, what he's doing. So what happens is the cops take the money and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, right, right, exactly. Right, right, right. And uh, it's in the movie, but you know I got fired for it. Right. So that's my fired. Story. Not good enough to have you back, but good enough to put in a movie that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I understand it. I mean, it's freaking Scorsese. This is the other problem I had. I was intimidated by Scorsese. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, my God, Martin Scorsese, and, and that was the first time I'd worked with him. I'd worked with Richardson before, but working with Scorsese, I was intimidated. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, um, what's the word, uh, impose myself or make myself more demonstrative in the situation. And as a steady cam operator, you know, you have to. If you know something's wrong, you mm-hmm. know, you got to try and fix it before it you know, mm-hmm. becomes a disaster. And a lot of times you're the only one that knows what's what's happening. Yeah. I've actually had a bit of, <clears throat> throughout my career, a little a bit of friction with DPs about that stuff because I'm not super, I'm very collaborative and I always want to do what they want to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but that's not always the best thing. Like, like, anyway, I, I mean, I can, I can think of a couple of jobs where, uh, I don't speak up too harsh about something, and then yeah. because I didn't speak up, then the the DP gets mad at me because. But I'm like, "Hey, Joe, if I move," and he's like, "Oh, no, it's fine." Yeah. Instead of like, "Joe, we have to move this." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then after the take, they go, "Why didn't you tell me?" Yeah. And it's like, well, I was trying, and you cut me off. And this happened to me a lot. Yeah. And it's my it's something about my personality. Well, you don't want I, to you know you don't want to challenge you know your boss. And, and I don't know if it's necessarily challenged, but, it, you know, it's, that's the other part of the Steadicam operator and any operator. You, you have to learn how to be political, mm-hmm. politically, uh, what's the word, um, able to, you know, uh, promote what you think is right to do and, and without, without, you know, uh, confronting or uh, arguing mm-hmm. with your director of photography or the director. Mm-hmm. You know, I always try. I always try to be positive with my contributions. You know, because that's and that's the thing. I love working with um, directors of photography and directors who are collaborative and mm-hmm. and, and, and you know. Same here. Same here. You know. But I but I so many times I love directors and I love actors, mm-hmm. and so many times when I have issues, it's with DPs, and it's not because I argue with them or anything like that. I think there's I think certain. 
How many how many DPs listen to this podcast? <laughs> well, I'm I'm just telling the truth about myself. Yeah, I know. I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not calling anybody an asshole. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think um I think there's some of there's some of both. I think sometimes I'm not strong enough about stuff. Yeah. You know that old saying, nobody knows anything in Hollywood. But if you act like you know, people listen. Oh yeah. You know, so when you say like that couch has to get the hell out of this room right now, like, well, no, it's gotta go. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. they take it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if you say, hey, what do you think? Maybe the yeah, couch. Yeah, no, you've got you got to be confident in your decisions. Right. And I'm and I'm and sometimes in the attempt uh, to be collaborative with people, I'll I'll take the more question like, hey, what do you think about doing this? You know, mm -hmm. when what I'm trying to say is do that. But anyway, it just opens it up for conversation where right. really I should say I need you to do this for this to happen. Yeah. You know. But directors tend to like that more, mm -hmm. and DPs tend to just want you to say like, "Here's what you have to do." Well, what happens is, you know, the, the DPs have, you know, their world, their sure, li their lighting, of course, and that's the worst thing you can do is, you know, um, change the shot so that it. Complicates. Well, I would never do that at the last minute or anything. Yeah, but yeah so yeah. that it complicates their lighting. I mean, sure, you know, sure, sure. When well, some will fight you on the shot, even if it's better. So yeah. that their lighting will be better. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then, and then, big time. And then some, I think, I think it's probably less so now. But some were definitely jealous. Well, sometimes, sometimes you go into a situation you may not have been their first choice. Who knows? Director could have have requested you. Uh, you know, somebody else may not have been available. Uh, and mm. sometimes you, you know you go in uh, in a negative. Uh, you know, position where they set you up for failure. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> You're set up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a shame, but there, but there are, there were. Again, I, I haven't seen it. I don't think in a long time, but I think some DPs get jealous of the Steadicam because they get attention. They used to get a lot more attention than they do now. Now it's much less of a big deal. But when I was starting my career, it was a big deal to have Steadicam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not oh, as yeah. big a deal when you were starting your career, but oh yeah, we were we were, uh, you know, uh, valued very highly yes. in those years. I mean, they, uh, I mean, you know, the way it is now. I mean, back, I remember back doing a long a long take a long shot. Uh, the first AD be, oh, are you okay? You, you need a rest, right? You know, bring him some water. You know, they were very attentive, very concerned about your physical condition. Now it's like you're a steady mule. All mm -hmm. they want to do is go back to one and do another, you know, especially with uh, high def, you know, they, they just keep. Don't cut, don't cut, back don't to cut, one. Back to one, you know, and uh, anyway, that's, yeah. the, that's the other. Well, let me ask you, I mean, obviously that's tough for us, yeah. just endurance wise and physically. How do you, do you think actors like that? It depends. Especially when you're doing a long one. It, it depends. Uh, you know, sometimes actors especially if you're doing like you know for instance the long walk and talk with a lot of dialogue and you know they you know they always don't get the dialogue correct and you have to go back and start over again you know um, but that's a situation you, you 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 know there's no other way to do it you have to do it that way but um you know working with john houston mm -hmm. i asked him this very this question because you know it was one of the things he did with me was we would do long takes that were not necessarily Steadicam shots. There was one take we did uh, in a, a bedroom sequence where uh, Albert Finney comes in, Jacqueline Bissett, uh, and they have this long, you know, 
sequence in, in, in the bedroom, sitting at the bed, a lot of dialogue, just slight moves around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I asked, I asked John, I said, John, why, why do you like Steadicam in these long takes? Is it because you like to let the actors, you know, run their dialogue uh, and run the scene? And John says, no, it's because the studios can't cut it up later. <laughs> right, right. You know, he, he would design shots so that they were, you know, one take Steadicam shots even though they weren't necessarily... But it's just two people sitting on a bed talking. Yeah, but, right. yeah. but it's very hard to cut because you don't do singles or overs. Right. You're in and over at one point, but right. then you're over here. Right, right. exactly. Right. You don't, you're not covering at all. Yeah, not covering. <clears throat> I mean, I, I am covering just by moving the camera. Right. Into the... It's him forcing them to take what he's got. Yeah. Or what he gives them. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've heard of, I've heard of that before. That's, um, but what I, what, the, the, what I meant was... <clears throat> um, Actors, so without cutting back to one, back to one, back to one, I don't, I don't think they like it. I mean, I know I'm fine with it, depending on how long the shot is. I'm mm. fine with it, but like, you know, you don't want to do too many. But, um, but I feel like actors feel this pressure on them. Yeah, and especially if they blow it once or twice. Or right. That, you know. If they flub a line yep, and then yep. they're like, oh, and they go running back to one and right, right. then they're all flustered. And yep. I'm like, you know, isn't it, wouldn't it be so much better just to say, okay, cut. Yeah. Well, that's, that's TV world. I think. I don't think that happens quite as, yeah. as consistently in, uh, you know, film yeah. um, and features as it does in television. Television, it's all about, you know, the schedule and just bang it out. Yeah. It's 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 that stuff has slowed down a bit too. When, at least in my experience, when I was first doing HD, what twelve years ago, whenever it was starting, mm-hmm. um, that was one of those like roll, 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 roll. I mean, it was like we can roll forever. You know, that was mm-hmm. like the attitude, yeah. and it <clears throat> with film being so structured because of what it costs to roll it through the mag. It wasn't quite like that. Well, I have an opinion uh, that you know that approach to eight to you know to HD. Excuse me, beer's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that approach of, of going, you know, shooting, not cutting, not you know, resetting, has dumbed down our industry. Mm-hmm. It's it's really dumbed down. It's just not as professional. You don't have. You know the, the the clean. You know, uh, you know, um, the marker, marker parts, the head right. of the shot. You know, right. to to cut. The, you don't have that that concentration on that moment and and that scene that you you would if you know if you were shooting film and mm. and you you always cut at the end of the take. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I just I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think it, if if I ever had the power to. You know, be the director of photography or whatever. I would definitely try to to go back to the the structured you know marker at the head of the take and and, and cut unless there's a reason, mm-hmm. unless there's there unless there's a good reason you know for for uh, the scene, the actors, whatever. You know, but mm-hmm. just just to, just to, it's just so messy, so messy. Well, that's the thing. It's like you're hurrying up to slow us down because yeah. because by hurrying up and trying to go again right away we're not fixing the issue we yeah, had exactly which is what you do during yeah. in between takes yeah. you fix the little issues right. and the actor says hey Randy 
was I going too fast around that corner? Right. And you go, yeah, she, okay, I'll slow, slow down, down a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Please. <laughs> instead of just yelling, go again, yeah. and then she's too fast again, and yeah. you're trying to correct for yeah. her, yeah. you know. Anyway, we, we've all been, it's, it's maddening. It's gotten better, though. It's gotten, when it first, there was a moment there where it was like, we're not going to cut all day. Yeah. It felt like, and it was just, and now it seems like at least the smart people have figured out like, okay, yes, we can do some back-to-backs here and there, but like yeah. really well, the structure has worked for a hundred years, so we should probably yeah. well, consider the, it. The issue, the issue also with, uh, you know, what we do as, as Steadicam operators uh, carrying 80 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, the repetitive nature you know you you become less um uh effective this the tighter you get the shot suffers yeah so if you're if you're you know beating the mule to the point where the mule can't you know make it to the end of the shot right right right, right. what's the point right and uh you know i've uh, you know i'm no longer a uh, a young guy mm-hmm and uh, you know my my record, my record was fifty two takes. On actually on a commercial, I did ninety takes once, but that's back when I I could actually do you know that many takes. But 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 you're putting the rig down in between. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but still, fifty two takes. That's mm, a lot of friggin' that takes. That is a lot of takes. Ninety hold. Ninety was a commercial. <laughs> And the reason we did 90... How long was that? It was just 30 seconds. It was a 30-second spot. Still a lot. But the, uh, um, the actor had uh, stage fright. Uh, during, during the rehearsals, uh, he could deliver the line. You know, and the tag, it was a Midas muffler commercial. And the tagline was, nobody beats Midas. Okay. Okay. He could not say that with a camera in front of him. He kept saying, nobody meets Bidus. <laughs> we had T-shirts made up that said, nobody meets Bidus. He literally could not say. Did it ever get done? Yeah. Okay. Got done. On take course, ninety. Yeah, and of course, when I saw it, they, you know, they, uh, it starts at the head of the shot, and they cut to like, you know, product stuff, <laughs> and then they cut back the to shot a little, that was so important to yeah, be a winner. Yeah, exactly. And then they cut to product stuff, you know, uh, under the car mufflers being installed, and and then uh, it was nuts. <laughs> the checks cleared though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I had a. Um, I'm sure this has happened to you before. Have you ever had like a really giant shot that you did that was really, really intended as a one Yeah. And then you see it later oh, and yeah, it's, it's somehow cut up. Cut up. Yeah. But you didn't even shoot coverage. Has that ever... Well, you told me about the one where they did the dissolves. I, I don't yeah. know if it's that. Well, let's see. The, uh, I don't consider that all cut up. Right. But... Um, um, I did a movie for Billy Crystal. I actually did a, a couple of movies for Billy and he was one of the directors I loved working with. Truthfully, he was great. Um, was a, a picture called Mr. Saturday Night. Okay. And and Don Peterman was the director of photography, another wonderful man. Loved working for him. Uh, and it was a long uh, Steadicam shot backstage of a 50s variety show that uh, goes all over the place. And, and you know, of course, Billy, uh, as a newer director at that mm-hmm. point, um, designed a shot that was just Ridiculous. so <laughs> large in scope I mean, we did stuff where we were doing, you know, wipes and, and you know, just to, you know, to continue the shot, costume So that you and, could reload. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was trailing, I think I was trailing a, um, a BNC too, believe it or not. I'm trying to remember how we had to do a, a wipe because of the uh, the length 
of the BNC would not reach the end of the shot. But oh my, but wow! There was uh, one part of, of the shot um, that was all me. It was my contribution to the film, and um, Billy and uh, David Painter, who was the other Billy's brother in the movie, go up. You know, in backstage of this variety show, they. They go up amongst all these, you know, performers and everything, and they go upstairs, okay? And this is all dialogue. Mm-hmm. And they wanted me to follow them up the stairs behind them. Mm. And it was just an ugly shot. I mean, you're basically looking at their butts when they're, mm-hmm. you know, delivering dialogue. And it was just not a pretty shot. And um, because of the set, being backstage, there was a lot of props. Mm. And there happened to be a set of stairs it was exactly the same height as the stairs they were walking up um, that you could see in the shot because it was part of the set. Mm-hmm. So I, I asked Don and I asked Billy, I said, can we, you know, roll the, this set of stairs parallel to the stairs you're climbing and then I can go up the stairs with you in a profile to the, to the top of the, uh, the landing and then I would go off and, and into, the, into the dressing room. And, and they build something so that you would land in a certain place that yeah, you'd be able to get yeah, off. Yeah, they, they just extended the platform from, from one set of stairs to the landing, the other set of stairs, so that I could just walk right across. And uh-huh. it worked great. It yeah. worked great. It's in the movie. Billy loved it. I became Billy's hero at that point. I did two other movies with Billy after that. Well, because he would never would have ever considered no. doing a profile because no. uh, he couldn't in, even. Con- instead of, right. but just like what you're talking about, you know, we have to be problem solvers. That's what an operator does. And you have to, you have to try and. Um, think what works best, and uh, you know, cinematically, visually, story-wise, lighting-wise, all that stuff mm-hmm. comes into play. And you know, uh, politically sometimes. Politically, <laughs> but Don Peterman, you know, was great. He loved it. Right. And was they, he one of those guys that you could do anything, and he never, he never minded? No. Okay. No. I mean, not, not okay. Well, I've worked with one or two that uh-huh. that. You know, when you're first working with them, you say, like, for example, this guy, David Boyd, I worked with, yeah. who I've, I I tell everybody about David Boyd because I think he's a great guy and yeah. a great DP and yeah. super great to me. Where at the, the first movie I did with him, day one or two, I'm saying, hey, I'd run over to him. Hey, the director just told me he wants to tilt up. Yeah, go ahead. He's a director. Okay, great. I'd do it. Then the <clears throat> the next time, three days later, oh, hey, David, the director just yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because I'm always of the thought, like, DP points a shot out. If there's a reason to change it, you tell them. Yeah. You know, especially when the director's telling you to change it. Oh, yeah. And I always try so hard, and I've I've been yelled at because there wasn't time to tell them, and, you know, those weird situations. But um, but he never cared. And it was, it's not that he, sorry, it's not that he didn't care. He trusted me. Mm-hmm. And then he also is like, you know, the director's in charge here. Yeah. If they're either going to hang themselves or it'll be better than I thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've watched him talk him out of stuff too, but, you know. Anyway, sorry, I, I interrupted you. No, I, that's pretty much it. Oh. <laughs> oh, so I didn't interrupt you. No. Oh, perfect. I came in just at the right no. moment then. But that's that's a, an instance where, you know, uh, you're either the hero or you're the goat. That day I was the hero. And sure. And that one. And if it hadn't worked somehow, oh, yeah. you're the guy. I wouldn't have done two other movies with Billy. Because you spent a bunch of time doing it, right? Yeah. Which other movies did you do with him? Uh, City Slickers 2. Oh, cool. And uh, Forget Paris. Where did you do City Slickers? Uh, Moab, Utah. 
Okay. And of course, back at uh, Culver City stu- uh, stages. Did you do horseback steady cam? No. Here's okay. Here's my story about the horseback steady. Okay. Um, in 1988, I I blew my back out, ruptured a, a, a disc Oof. doing steady cam, and that's a whole other story we'll get into. Which is one of the one of the issues that steady cam operators these days really really have to you know, uh, watch themselves on because, you know, they don't yell cut. They just go, and, and the shots have been just extended to extreme lengths. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I blew my back out on a, on a show, a ruptured a disc, and um, I was down for about a month, and I got a call. Uh, I didn't know who Dean Sibler was, you know. I didn't know any, any of these people, and I get a call, we're doing this show in, in uh, Colorado, and we want you to ride a horse backwards wearing the Steadicam. And, of course, I said, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think it'll work. So uh, Marco Kane, mm-hmm. he, he took the job. And, of course, what he did is he got there, and, and as far as I know, he wound up just doing all the shots off a camera car. <laughs> but he said yes. Right, and then talked him out of and it. And talked it, and then and then he went on with, and then he hooked up with Dean. And Mark's a great operator, by the way. Oh yeah, Mark's a great operator, by the way. And and um, he hooked up with Dean, went on to Waterworld, you know, on and on and on and on. Sure. So you never know. You never know when to say yes or when to say no. I always tried to limit. You know, if I got, um, you know, uh, described a shot that I didn't think I could do, I wouldn't take the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I've been called before about stuff like, how do I do this, Brad? Do you think it's Steadicam? And I've talked them out of using Steadicam because mm-hmm, it's not sure, the right tool. Exactly. And then I don't get, like, it's happened on commercials a couple of times. Sure. And I'm like, you know what's going to work better for you? Uh, this Technic crane. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's how you get work with them later. It's a little um, seed planning because if I go in and work with somebody, even if I've known them for years and I'm, I sell them Steadicam. Oh, it can be done, and then try to change it all. And there's an agency there, and a yep. client, and a director, and he sold them on this, and I can't do it. You think he's going to keep hiring me? You know, so it's yeah. more work down the road. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> and it's just being honest. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I yeah. like to be honest. Here's an example. Uh, it was a Reebok running shoe commercial. They called me up and they wanted to go down to um, the um, the Mayan ruins in Mexico, and uh, they wanted a low mode shot mm. running up the steps of the Mayan pyramids. Well, of course, you know these aren't normally space steps; these are huge blocks of stone. I haven't personally been there, but yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah. they're not just it's large steps. Yes, and they're, they're probably not super. There's not like a big foot. Yeah, but anyway. I just said, you know, I don't think the steady. I don't think this is going to work. I mean, because I I know I've been there before mm. to those to those ruins, and I know the steps. They're they're big, they're huge. I might not be able to do it. I, kind of... I said I don't think this is the right way to do it. I said, you should uh, uh, use a technocrane, and just you know, you want to be low mode. You want to be at the level of the steps. Just extend the arm because it's commercial. It's, it can't be that long. You know, you just extend up. It's going to be a two-second yeah. shot anyway, yeah, well, I, right? I, I said no, uh, and uh, I said call uh, Jeff Mart. I don't know if you ever knew Jeff. I did know Jeff. Okay, 
I wish he was still around I so I too. could talk I to him. I love Jeff. He had great stories. Jeff took the job. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I ever got a call that was like, you know, Bonsai Ninja Steadicam, I would say call Jeff. We'd like you to jump out of a plane with the rig on. You're yeah, like, I've would, got the guy for you. I would say call Jeff. And he he did the shot in low mode with a Masters, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, and he got the grips to get him to rig him a ski rope that went to the top of the uh, the pyramid on a pulley and they so ran they, could pull. they ran down the the steps of the pyramid and pulled him up as an assist and all he did was hold on to the ski rope. Well, obviously he used his feet still but Yeah, yeah, no, he walked it. That was pulling but him that up. But that was pulling him up. Brilliant. 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 So that's that's Jeff's famous uh, pyramid uh, Well, he told me a story. Yeah. About jumping out of a helicopter for a Tupac Shakur commercial, a Tupac uh, video. Yeah. And uh, I forget how high he did it from, but I, and, and it's been a long time since he told me this story. Yeah. I don't know if you've, tell, tell me if you've heard this. Um, anyway, he told the, he heard about this shot they wanted to do and he told the producer, well, that's going to, if it's probably gonna ruin the rig, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dust and everything. Well, no, like he wasn't jumping out. Like it was jumping out from like the helicopter being like five feet in the air. Oh Jesus! It was like a POV shot or something. I'm like, what? And the way he told it, I mean, it's been a long time. It's yeah. probably been twelve years since yeah. he told me the story, and so I wish I could ask him about it. Yeah, but he did it. And the whole rig like exploded, and he was okay, I guess. But, but the producer was like, "Yeah, we'll just buy you another rig," and they bought him another rig. I'm like, "What? It's the dumbest thing I've ever." It's like you've got a lightweight or an airy, or like a 435 or whatever the heck you yeah. had on it, yeah. and you're just gonna trash it. It's yeah. nutty. But anyway, um, if, yeah. funny weird stories. That was when there was a lot of money in music videos. Yeah. Right. I got, I got, I lost a rig on a on a movie called Thunderheart. Okay. And um, oh, Thunderheart's pretty famous, man. I haven't seen it, but yeah, it's a good movie too. Is it? Um, yeah. John Avildsen's the director, fantastic director. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was a, a camera car tracking shot. Mm. And I always, you know, I always try to to um, you know uh, scout the uh, the terrain we're going over. So I got the camera car driver to 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 you know drive the road that we're going to be on it's a dirt road and uh, without the rig just me just and so you know you're not going to crash yeah just so i know what i'm coming up against mm -hmm. and then then uh, then we uh rigged the camera hard mount mm -hmm. and it was a it was a three a, 3a with a bl4 uh rigged it hard mount and uh you know did a uh, another run just to see you know how the arm handled the because it was fairly rough mm -hmm. and everything was fine so we, what was it like an ATV type thing or? Uh, no, it was a full full blown camera car. Oh, it's a camera car. Oh, yeah, yeah. it was a full blown camera car. Oh, okay. But I've yeah. done it. I've got ATV stories too. But <laughs> full full blown camera car, and um, the the shot was a fairly simple shot. It was Sam Shepard and Fred Ward in a car, driving through high prairie grass. You know, in in the prairie, and I, I'm talking prairie grass that is you know a foot to two feet high. Mm. You know, that was the the scene. Mm -hmm. And the shot was a 50 millimeter, uh, you know, three quarter rake through the uh, driver's side window, 
uh, and a dialogue scene back and forth, you know. And that, that was the shot. Very simple shot. And they're free driving. They're free driving. Yeah. And, you know, of course, they pull into frame and we track with them was, was the idea. Ah. Right. And uh, the director said, well, let's go faster. And, and I said. Always. Oh, and he said, let's go faster. I'm going to change the shot. Let's go faster. And I said, well, you know, it's a 50 millimeter, number one. So your background, I mean, all we're seeing is across the, the, uh, the you know, the two actors, you know, to the. It looks like we're going 100 already. Yeah, it looks like you're going, I said, it looks like you're going 100 already. Okay, well, let's change the shot. Dun, da, da, da. So how do you want to change the shot? Without rehearsals, he wants to start uh, Sam Shepard and Fred Ward up the, um, uh, it's, you know, it's a sloping hill with, mm. with, in high prairie grass, you know, at a, at a much further distance so that we find them, reveal them at a higher distance and they converge into the shot that we just did. Right. Which could be done. That's a cool idea. It's a cool idea, well, you know. But we didn't rehearse it. We didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. We just did it. Well, Sam Shepard is an actor, and he's acting and Brilliant, delivering dialogue. Brilliant, I can't even... <sighs> yeah, delivering dialogue, and he's driving in prairie grass that's you know a foot and a half, two feet high. You can't see the road. No, not at all, right? You can't see the road he's converging to. So he drives... So he doesn't even know where it is. He doesn't know where it is. He right. doesn't know how far. So right, you know, right, and he's, right. he's into his world. Sure. We're into our world. We're converging. He's coming at us. Mm-hmm. Well, he exceeds his you know, area, and, on, and he pushes us off the road in the camera car, and we go off in a gully. And, uh, you know, uh, badoom, badoom, people, you know, director, everybody on the, on the you know, the uh, bed of the camera, camera car are levitated, you know, like foot and a half two feet off did you have safety gear on no oh boy and kabam come back down oh well as you know as we came back down the uh gimbal uh the post snapped snapped oh yeah just snapped i mean it just it literally broke the because your arm probably hit the bottom yeah it bottomed out and then the gimbal snapped snapped right right off of course and I hung on to it for the briefest second. <laughs> the briefest second. I did the best I could to hold on to it. And the last image I have is this cloud of dust, you know, doing, you know, on a, you know down the dirt road and in the gully of my air, my uh, uh, CP3A and, and a BL4 tumbling in slow motion. And the mag flying off and Believe it or not. I mean, the, the kid, mag stayed on? The mag, well, the mag didn't stay on, but it didn't pop. It, oh. The door it stayed shut, and they, oh. they had they you know they so saved good. The, they saved the shot, but you know what it was. Which they pre- didn't use anyway. They didn't use that anyway. It was the previous, <laughs> but it was good. The, the previous takes were fine, but <laughs> but this was back when they had the money, and it was a you know it was um, um, I, I had a new Steadicam within two days. Yeah, they just shipped me a new Steadicam. Sure, right Bam. of course, because it was trashed. Of course, it was. It was trashed, but the, you know what? The insurance company, you know, they didn't want the the pieces. So I took the pieces and took and it. managed to salvage what you could. I salvaged out of it. and built myself another three uh, A. Oh really? That's funny. <laughs> but they didn't want it. So they didn't want it. Like, yeah, it's yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did they have? They didn't have anything to do with it. It was trashed. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I was able. They didn't it, even know what the hell it was. No. Right. So they gave it to me, and I built myself another three A. That's great. That's funny. Yeah. Such a good story. We only have a couple minutes left. Oh my god. Um, we've been talking for quite a while, man. Um, I've only gotten started. Well, you, you know, it's funny. You texted me. I don't think I have. It. And, well, I told you two hours because normally we bullshit for a little while yeah, and yeah, have yeah. a beer, and yeah. which we did. Yeah. And it's normally an hour and a half-ish. Yeah. And um, 
And so you said, oh, I don't have two hours of stories in me. I'm like, you got 800 hours of stories. I, look, you see all this? I have some notes here. I have 84 movies written on it that he did, and I've only talked about about eight of them. But um, uh, let's see. Oh, the one thing, the casino shot. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask you two, two questions. First of all, it's super fast. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to ask you one question. It was a really fast move, right? Yeah. Was it, it seems like the size of it, it seemed like a a giraffe crane or what kind of crane? It was, was a Titan. It? Oh, it was a Titan. Yeah. Of course, that makes sense. Too. Yeah, it was a Titan. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. No, I was just curious what kind of crane you use because it's so cool. Like, yeah. Actually, years later, Boogie Nights, that shot is reminiscent. Uh-huh. And actually, you know, we actually, they, they cut the, the head of the shot. We were actually much higher over the... Uh, you know, oh, the, we snapped into it for timing purposes. For timing, yeah. They, they we could see more of the uh, the Vegas, uh, you know. Uh, oh, you could the yeah, strip and stuff. The strip and stuff, and it was it was higher across the. It is weird because I couldn't tell what you started on. Yeah, it doesn't really matter though because it just starts there and then yeah. it starts tilting right yeah. away. Yeah, the, actually, the toughest part of that shot, uh, it wasn't necessarily the timing and getting off, but um, you know, because I I operate normal uh, with the cam with the arm coming off the right side, so. Basically, I'm tilted down, not trying not to see my feet, you know, seeing them get out of the car with the uh, the sled across my body. Okay, now when they, when they, oh, so you weren't like this. You weren't like with the sled on your left. You were like oh, the, no, sled. the sled was on my kind of in front of me. It was in front of you. Kind of in front of me. Now coming coming down. Right. So you had it because so you're looking a, over there, right? Yeah. Hey, I've hey, got hey. a I've got a pan. And reverse the direction of the lens because we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we pan with them as they go by. Right, you're doing a 180 with I'm the doing rig, a 180 with the rig as you come down. As I come down, so being able to get the 180 uh, to to work to get the the sled uh, battery cage, you know, the the battery um, cage the batteries. Whatever, the, yeah, the batteries <laughs> to get the bottom of the fucking sled <laughs> from not bumping into it. You know, it was it was pretty fucking difficult actually. I imagine it was. It was pretty fucking difficult, but you know, and then it winds up, you know, uh, to your right, reversed direction. Then I had to come, you know, get off and then come back around. You guys can't see what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm doing all kinds of. No, weird but steady cam operators will have an idea of what yeah. you mean. And if yeah. you watch that shot, it's the crane step off in casino. Yeah. Um, you you know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a little, if you listen again, then watch it, then listen again, I yeah. think you'll get it. Yeah, it wasn't as but, easy as it looked. <laughs> well, you know, I was talking to Dave Comites about this, yeah. and he said, you know, it. you have to fight, like he was talking about reels and stuff. He said, you have to fight not to put the hard, or was it, no, sorry, it was Charles Pappert mm. who said you have to fight not to put that stuff on your reel. Because... You know you spent, not that this shot isn't a real shot, but like there's so many shots that are super hard to do, but they don't look super hard. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Charles did a shot in office space that was like low mode and he had to step over a guy's body and then extend his body all the way out. And, yep. you know, it was like really hard. But in the movie, it just looks yeah. like a, it looks like a dolly move. Right. You know, and and he's like, I want to put that on my reel, on my reel. But then I'm like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. because <laughs> It doesn't look. It's not a real shot. Yeah. This this is a crane step off with Joe Pesci in it, so it's like had a real shot. <laughs> Have you made a reel in years? You know, this is my my problem. Um, I've ne I've never really done a scissor reel like everybody does. Like, uh -huh. like you need to do. 
reel, what they say, a reel's got to be three to four minutes. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. as a Steadicam operator, how do you... I don't really care what they say. Yeah, but. my reel's 15 <laughs> minutes long. Let's just put it that way. Because I, you know, I uh, couldn't cut up the shots. I mean, just like that shot uh, in Casino. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, what, two minutes or something? I can't remember exactly how long. Probably something like yeah, that. It's not two, super not long, super but, long it's but it's like it's, most of a reel. Yeah, it's most of a reel, and it's one <laughs> shot. But to show what I do, mm-hmm. I felt I had to, you know, I have to show the whole take. Of course. Um, what I've got to do <clears throat> is... By the way, by the way, anybody in your situation would do the same thing. Yeah. But you, you, you don't get work that way because... Really? No, you don't get work showing 15-minute reels. But what, I, what I've... Uh, Nobody's cons- asked me for a reel in 10 years. Oh, I, I do still get asked for reels. Um, but what I got... What, what, what I need to wait, do... Wait, 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 wait. Who is this person and can I speak to them? <laughs> oh. I'm like, look him up on the internet. I, well, I remember an operator many, many years ago when I was I needed to do a reel, yeah. and I was asking people about reels, and he said, um, he said, yeah, when they ask me for a reel, I tell them to go to Blockbuster. Well, I you know he'd done do, a lot of big movies. I do use the IMDb, you know, on my yeah. uh, my resume uh, and links to it, so that you know at least they have an idea of some of the jobs I've worked on. But what I've got to do, and what you know, Steadicam operators should do, is you know take the shots you love. The shots that really show your, you know, uh, capabilities and, and work, and and um, make a sizzle reel out of the, you know, the parts that are identifiable, that, that people know that that's from that shot. Make a sizzle reel out of it, but then do a chapter on the same mm-hmm. uh, link, where they can go and look at the whole shot. Where's your reel? Do you, do you have a website? No. Oh, okay. I'm the, I'm the worst. I just have it on DVD. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know. I, I'm 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 actually yeah. kind of glad you said no because I looked for it and yeah. couldn't find it. Yeah. So, um, put it on YouTube. Yeah. You don't need a website. Put it on YouTube. Yeah. My I put mine on YouTube like ten years ago, I think, or something. Yeah. And every time I look at it, I cringe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing is you know. The shots that uh, I love and that I have from the big movies—they're so dated. You know, they're just so dated. I mean, I've been—I've been doing. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. I've been doing TV for, you know, fifteen, twenty years now. And how do you cut a reel with TV stuff? I just—I can't do it. I, well, it depends on the show, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's tough. It's just a different world than it used to be. Yeah, sure is. It's not. It's it's not necessarily worse, but I think in a lot of ways it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, <clears throat> I'm I'm in awe of of the new operators, of, uh, not necessarily the newbies, but I'm <clears throat> I'm talking about the work, the level of work that you know you guys and the operators that are working today uh, is so far above what we did when we were just starting out. Well, I agree with you, but that's not because of you. That's just it's really because of gear, and it's because. It's because people's expectations are different as well. You know, think about it. When you when you were doing your first movies, they'd never seen Steadicam before. Yeah, but and also we were just figuring out how to do it. Exactly, how right. to operate it. Right. You didn't have. I didn't. I had you to look at and look at your stuff and go, "Oh, this is this is how you do a shot." You had nothing. You you made that up on your on your own, which is. So impressive. I'm I'm so impressed by your work. I I I've always been Randy. I don't mean to gush and be a fanboy, but I really am. I I mean, I'm just I mean, okay, we ha- we really have to go. Yeah. Cuz it's been, let me look at this time. 
Yeah, it's over an hour and a half already. Okay. But 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 just just so people can understand, <clears throat> I'm going to list a couple of ones that I noticed here. Rain Man, okay, a casino, Field of Dreams, Pretty Woman we talked about, Postcard for the Edge, The Doors, which you did some big shots in, yeah. Sleepless in Seattle, Natural Born Killers, Independence Day, The Nutty Professor, Contact. By the way, did you do the famous shot in Contact? No, no, that that was um, Greg Lunsgard. Lunsgard, right, 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 right. Uh, Josh Harrison and I chatted about that a bit. It's like one of his favorite yeah, shots. Yeah. Um, but still, Contact, so cool. Yeah, some of the work on Contact. Green Mile. We already mentioned Prizzy's Honor. Manhunter. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Something I got I to gotta mention, though. Green Mile, I mean, that was Dave Emmerich's. That was his show. Right, okay. I mean, I... I you day played on it? I, well, I did the, what were called the bookends, the uh, present day sequences. I did the start of the movie. Uh, okay. Everything with uh, Tom Hanks as an old man. Got it. All the stuff with the mouse okay. and all that stuff. I was the A operator and Steadicam operator. I got it. And that's why my name's on that show. But that's that's Dave Emmerich's. Got it. Okay. Well, no, I'm glad you clarified. Because yeah. I all I can look at is, is mm-hmm. IMDb. Yeah. And because of nowadays, everything's super detailed mm-hmm. on IMDb. But when you're talking about shows from the 90s, yeah. even the 2000s, it just says Steadicam operator. Yeah. And you don't know if you did all the work or yeah. didn't, you know. I've got one thing I've got to interject. There's one Please. movie I did, which I really liked doing. It was a Please. small movie. Yeah. It's called Eight Seconds. It was a rodeo movie. Uh, I was the A camera operator and the steady cam operator. The whole movie. I did the movie. Okay. <laughs> Guess who got credit? Get out of here. Somebody got credit? Somebody else got credit for the A camera. The guy, they, they hired somebody locally and they fired him and somehow... They gave him a camera credit, and I wound up as, as the B. As Get the out of here. As the Steadicam operator. But once a movie comes out, that's it. You know, they're not going to, you know, redo the titles on a movie. Get so, out of yeah. here. Yeah. So the editor never got word, and or the title, whoever yeah. made the titles. They, some, some, you know, Somebody production secretary, you know, forgot wrote, wrote, to up, wrote up a list. Right. And, you know, they they saw me Steadicam, they gave me Steadicam, and that was it. And that was, that was John Avelson. You know, he directed Rocky. Yeah, uh, he was he was great to work with. No, that was a pretty pretty big movie. It was a low budget movie, but it was a good movie. No, no, I mean it yeah. made a lot of it made a lot of waves. In yeah. other words, yeah. I, I, yeah, I've heard it was, about it. it. Was, you know, Luke Perry. Yeah, and uh, you know, I uh, kudos to Luke. I was on a, a TV show, uh, Prison Break, and uh, he just happened to be on the lot. And he saw a call sheet and he saw my name on the call sheet. And this was years later. Mm-hmm. And I've only done one movie with Luke, and he he. Came up and looked me up and said hi. On set? On set. He came to see you. He came to see me. That's super weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's so nice. Well, that's a testament to you and what a nice guy you well, are. Well, that's a testament and to Luke, too. That's a good point. It very much is. Yeah. It very much is. But, you know, you don't do that for people that you that you thought were okay. <laughs> You do that for people. It's you just nice to be special. remembered. It sure is, <laughs> and it's it's so nice to have had you here, Randy. Again, big fan. Cheers to you. Thank you so much for coming by. I appreciate it. Maybe we'll do it again. We can finish the <laughs> 147 other movies you I, have. I'll tell you about all the other movies I got fired off of. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. That's such a long list. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Brad. So that was Randy Nolan. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed talking to him. He's great. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, if you want to contact me, you can at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com.